Being just fired up and you know remembering that I go out to win is is key and having that motivation from people beating me in years past or or people not believing in me or people forgetting about me. American Ninja Warrior kind of became that, so I'm really excited about season nine. To see everyone talk about it the next day and the following week and everything, it was all it was awesome. Articles being written, like who is this weatherman? You know, it was cool. It was cool to see that stuff. This podcast episode is brought to you by Biotropic Labs. Check out our inaugural product, Biotropic, on our website, biotropiclabs.com, and try risk-free for 30 days. We are innovators and leaders in competitive edge sports supplements. Keep an eye on us as well for new offerings, such as healthy foods, training gear, and fitness apparel. Enjoy this special podcast episode and help us spread the word. Please leave us your comments on the website and share on social media. Have fun. Hey, Joe, it's, uh, I'm really glad to have you here tonight. I've been excited about this all day. I've been planning on this. Uh, you know, we became friends a little bit ago, I reached out to you and, yeah. and bring you to a large audience. Glad to have you. Really, really excited to have you here today. Uh, what did you think of that, uh, that intro music? Definitely pumped me up. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, that new song from the afters is, it gets me going. You know, uh, I heard it for the first time on American Ninja Warrior Vegas part one, I believe it was. It was the intro to the whole episode. And I was like, I need to find this song. It's, it was talking about like becoming a legend and all this stuff. And it just, it, it reached me. So, um, I, I found out, unfortunately, that the song hadn't come out yet. So they got it pre-released. <laughs> and we had, what was it? It was probably about, I don't know, I had about a week to wait. So I had pre-ordered the album, which was really frustrating because I've never pre-ordered music in my life. But I really wanted this thing. So, yeah, you know, if you know me, you know. Oh, yeah. I want something. i got to get it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> it's a great, uh, I hadn't heard it. And uh, it's a powerful, powerful, uh, the afters, it's a powerful message there. It's very, very strong. It's right up your alley. And yeah. that Eminem tune, um, I, uh, I love that song. When it, when it first came out, there was a lot going on in my life about uh, achieving something else outside of sports. I was running a dot-com, and it was all about, uh, you know, one chance to get something done and do it right and do it right now. And we were doing it, and it, and it was so apropos for me at the time. It's the same for you when you're competing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's really funny. I've had this that song as my ringtone um, for the longest that time. That song is scary strong. Very, very you powerful. One shot, one opportunity. This is what this I listen to. Every time you hear the phone ring. In one moment, did you capture? Or just let it slip. slip. Yeah. It goes right into it. Yeah, there <laughs> we are. Never, never forget. Remind yourself all day long that you're up against some tough competition, and uh, you, you can't win if you don't, if uh, you know, if you don't remember that. Each time, look, you get to do it over and over again, but each time is one time. 
Yeah. And uh, you never know really if you get another chance to do it again. So far, it looks pretty good, but every time you go up there, it could be the last time. So it's great that you have this constant reminder. Well, listen, I'm going to run through some uh, points here um, just to sort of bring everyone up to date. The whole world knows who you are, but there's a couple people that live under rocks that don't. So I'm just going to hit on a couple of points. And now what I'd like to do is um, kind of like to walk through your history on American Ninja Warrior, for which you're you know, very famous, a star, and one of the absolute top competitors, and uh, someone who is always biting at the bit to get right to the number one spot, and you're so close, and you've been so close, and so let's hit a couple points and move into that. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, so Joe Morofsky is the weatherman, and that's because he's a meteorologist at News 12 in Connecticut. We're going to hear about that. This is a super bright, alive, and passionate guy, American Ninja Warrior Phenom. And uh, I know personally that's the case. We've met on a couple of occasions, and I find him a really interesting guy. And uh, he's got a lot to say. He's got a clear mind. He's a hell of an athlete. He's at least a four-time Vegas uh, finalist. And correct me if I'm wrong on that number, Joe. No, yeah, you're correct. I can finally say four-time. It's been a secret for the last few months, but now that people know I've been to Vegas and they've seen the episode. So now Finally, four-time Vegas finalist, yes. Team captain and two-time member of Team USA. Anything there I missed? Um, you know what, actually, my first year on Team USA, um, I had the option to push to be team captain, but I said, you know what, Travis Rosen, he, I figured, earned it more than I did. He's been doing this a lot longer than I have, so I pushed for him to be captain. I, I think I could have been, but I gave it, I, you know, I pushed it along towards him. So I was never team captain of Team USA. Uh, my second year, I was actually an alternate. And I had to be put in because Jeff Britton got um, – he was pretty sick. So oh, yeah. two-time two time member of Team USA, never captain. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll get it next time. Okay. I picked that up somewhere, but uh, it doesn't surprise me one bit that even if you were nominated that you, that you would have – or not nominated, that you were in the middle of pushing a friend to get it and not yourself. Just uh, – just a gracious guy that I've come to know here. Thank you. Um, it was a yeah. hard choice, I'll tell you that, though. Oh, I'm sure. It's, <laughs> it's fun It's fun to lead. It's fun to be the guy leading a crowd. But uh, it's also a lot of fun to come from behind, uh, you know, as part of the pack and, and be a leader that way, too. And you're, you're a leader. You're a leader whether you're wearing the stripes or, or uh, no stripes. You're always a guy that people are looking to, following. You're always a guy setting the bar no matter where you are. So, And I say that as a former athlete myself. I have a lot of respect for you, uh, you know, what you do, how you do it. Um, and I really wanted to talk with people about your incredible athletic ability and in, in your success. So, uh, you know, in sports, we call you a triple threat because you have ability. Um, and there's, you know, there's some debate out there if you read the book, uh, Outliers, which I strongly recommend you do and that anybody do. It, it, it addresses the uh, uh, the issue of natural ability, and it does something to try to dilute the notion that there is such a thing. Now, I can tell you that there is, and I don't care how many brilliant statisticians talk about uh, whether or not such a thing really exists. It does exist, uh, uh, and uh, and I know because of my background, and I see it in uh, the weatherman here. All right, so he's got ability. He's got determination, crazy determination. Man, I was watching some of your videos over the last couple of days, and I got so amped up, and I'm going to bring this up again later. I got so amped up watching that race. Nick that we, Coolridge, right? Oh, man. We're I knew get, it. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. I knew it. You've got determination, man, because you were ahead, behind, ahead, behind, ahead, behind. It was like, oh, man, I can't take it. And then finally you won it, and it was like I was so amped up, I went out and ran a 5K myself to, <laughs> just to burn off the energy. So, you know what's really funny? I actually watched that video today, and I counted eight lead changes. That's I what think I'm it was saying. Eight lead changes on a course that doesn't even have eight obstacles. It was literally – it was insane. So I don't it, even know 
so so we're way ahead of script here, but let's just talk about it for a second. <laughs> when it comes up in my in my deck here, I'll just uh, touch on it quickly again and roll past it. But uh, well, let me just finish out the third point. So ability, determination, and the mind for winning. Because ability is one thing, determination is another thing. But if you don't have a strong psychological approach, if you don't have a competitive mind, you don't know how to manage a race, you don't know how to handle defeat, and you don't know how to come back from that, all the other two points are meaningless. And you are a tough mind. You've got the mind and the psychology for competition, and that's why you do so well. And that's why the hosts of the show always suspect you're going to win. Always. Well, that's very nice of them to think that. And you know what? It's interesting. You brought up the uh, the the idea of this human being that just has that ability. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to explain. You were talking about that just before. I've always called it the it factor. Yeah. The it factor. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I look at people, and I I think you know basketball players, uh, ninja warriors. It doesn't matter. They either have it or they don't. And I've always kind of looked for the definition of it because I, I I've, I've searched for a long time because I, I honestly without uh, I don't know without getting too full of myself really I feel like I have it I feel like I've, I have it I don't know what it is but I just feel like this I just have this ability to do whatever I put my mind to and it's it's amazing it's an amazing gift from God that I couldn't have got anywhere else I, you know I just I don't understand it but I'm looking for reasons to understand it and, and figure out what it really is. Um, no. And I feel like that's really, um, you know, what sets people apart sometimes is having it. You it know is. what I mean? Yes, I do. I know exactly what you mean. And I would suggest uh, as you explore uh, where that it factor is and what it comes from and what it's all about, that at some point you just wind down that exploration and forget about it because it's sort of an ineffable quality. It can't be defined. And you know what I'm talking about because sometimes – Sometimes you walk on uh, the deck wherever you're competing, wherever that deck is, field, uh, American Ninja Warrior, and you see somebody walk out and you go, shit, man, um, that, that guy, that guy, that girl, whomever, th- there's something about them. I think, I think I'm going to get called out today. I'm going to have to be on my game. Definitely. You know what I mean? It might be someone new. So just, so just running through this really quick, and I don't want to come back to the, to the Cool Rich thing. Ability, determination, and a mind, and jo- Joe's got it all. You know, what's interesting, I would call that adaptability, and I think that is exactly yes. what I've learned from basketball. Being a point guard, uh, really my whole life, shooting guard, point guard, back and forth, you know, I have to adapt. I adapt to the defense. I adapt to that moment. I adapt to that play. You know, it's adaptability, and I feel yeah. like that is very important, especially in American Ninja Warrior. That's right, but sometimes that pressure, I've seen the greatest athletes in the world crumble under pressure, people who are really, really great not be able to handle it. And what I've seen you do is say, okay, this is new. Um, I learned something this year. I'm going to come back next year. This will be a non-factor for me, and I'm just going to be that much better. And I've seen you run through coursework like it doesn't even exist. I don't even know how you get through some of these courses the way you do. They blow my mind. I mean, yeah, it's just, I, I, look, you're an amazing athlete, and I just want to give those kudos to you because I, I don't hand them out easily. But uh, you know, one of the reasons I reached out to you several months ago was uh, was because I had such respect for you, and I wanted to talk to you about other things. Thank you. Um, so look at uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just close this piece out, and then we'll get just for a minute back to the Coolridge thing. So you're, uh, you're forecasting the weather by day, and then you're forecasting the doom of your competitors at night. And uh, I see you. I see you as a competitor. <laughs> That's the way it is, man. Those guys have to deal with you. You know, every time you show up, like I said, leading from the front or leading from the back, you're always a problem from them, and you're a competitive force that has to be reckoned with. Uh, uh, what do you say about that? 
Uh, you know what? Well, going to the, you know, being in front or being in back, I want to touch on that specifically. Uh, in my experience, being in back has always benefited me than being in front. Uh, you know, I've had many situations where I've had to set the bar, and in my attempts to do so have been unsuccessful. I've either failed the course I was on or just... Uh, usually that's what happens, actually, is I, I make a mistake, I fall off whatever I'm doing, and that's it. Um, and specifically, I could I could think back to the UNAA Finals, which was in New Mexico. It's the, uh, the Ultimate Ninja Athlete Association. It's a league that we have that goes on during the year. There's two leagues. There's that one, and then there's the NNL, which is the National Ninja League. And uh, the UNAA, I, I'm setting the bar for Jake Murray. You probably saw him. He was uh, certainly very memorable. He was the guy that that actually had the corn dog at the top of the stage one, uh, what was it, the, the tower there after the, the final obstacle yeah. in Vegas. So yeah. funny guy, but really fast guy. And I was setting the bar for him, and I actually fell. He won. He won ten grand at that competition. It was, uh, I'm happy for him, but obviously very disappointed in my, <laughs> my performance. But, well, you know, that's, that's kind of what happens. Well, your time, your time is coming. Your time, your time is yet to come, but it's, it's on the docket here. So look, at, a couple more things. Uh, I know your wife won't like this, but we see Stephanie all the time at, at your events supporting you, jumping up and down, holding her hands up to her mouth, yelling and screaming, and you know, really, really behind you. How, how is your wife, and how is she handling all your success? Uh, Stephanie's handling everything great. Um, my success, she would probably beg to differ on that one. <laughs> She'd probably think of it more of, a, uh, I don't know, something that has not been successful yet, but... You know what? She's supportive, and I feel like every year it's harder for her than it is for me, just because, you know, she's the one that's got to fly out and just sit and watch and put everything into it with no control. Are you yelling at me? Oh, she says it's fine. She's yelling. <laughs> she says that now, but she's defending herself. She says I've, she says I'm behind you all the way. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'll throw her under the bus once. I got back from uh, what year was it, honey? Season six or seven? I think it was season seven. It was after my big year, my season six, uh, I would call victory. Yeah, it was season seven. Oh, yeah. I remember now. And we got back to the hotel room. She yelled at me. She was mad. She was like, you. She was mad. She was mad. She was mad. I love the fact that she's in the background giving you, you know, poking. She knows. I love she this. Knows. This is going, you know, this. I'm, I'm not cutting. I'm not editing any of this out here. Oh, I want your wife. I want your family part of this. <laughs> oh, great. Well, you know what? She is really supportive, though. She really is. And she, yeah. I couldn't have been as successful as I am without her, without my daughter. It's so cool to have her. I'm sure we'll talk about her in a little bit, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, my wife is my rock. She's, yeah. you know, she's. She's um, awesome. Now let's get to the new ruler of the family. How's the baby Emily doing? Because we've seen her on TV too, and we got to have a little bit about her, and then, then we feel like we can really roll into this interview. Well, uh, I would. It'd be a lot easier to get her on camera right now because she <laughs> doesn't really worry about her appearances yet. But um, she's great. Um, it, it's really cool to have a kid. But man, I am suffering. Like last night, for example. I, you know, I got got to bed a little late. I can't remember what I was doing exactly, um, but I got to bed at like midnight or something in bed. Emily wakes up at two, and she gets up at four, and she's up at six. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, because the teeth are coming in. My wife got up the night before, so I'm trying to take it tonight, and I know I'm gonna wait, be away this weekend. Uh, I have some things going on, so I'm really trying to help out as best I can. But it's tough, and competing, yeah. 
while you're being this, you know, not being used to being this tired, it's it's something I I wasn't ready for this year. Uh, definitely played a factor into my failure, even though it was pretty successful, yep. you know, top, yep. top yeah, 10 or me. so. Yep. There's the ruler right there. There she is, man. There's, there's um, you know, but, you know, I was, I think it's, I was top 10. Um, you know, I made it to the, the double wave. I think that's what we're calling it. Yeah. And, um, but I, I just didn't know how to handle this sleeplessness. And I actually got to the starting line in stage one in Vegas and I threw a backflip. That was the first time I'd done it since season five, my first year on the show. But the first year on my show, on the show, uh, I did that because I was pumped up. I just didn't know how to control this fire. I was like, oh my gosh, I just threw a flip. I was like fired up. This year, I'm literally, and this didn't, they didn't show this on camera. I was just, just down. Like sort, of, sort of down in the, the famous thinker's position, the thinking. Yeah, but yeah. I wasn't really thinking. I was sleeping. No, you were sleeping. just hunched I was, over I was and like, exhausted. What is going on? And so I stood up and I'm looking at the course. I'm like, wow, you're in Vegas about to run stage one. What are you doing? Wake up. So I stood up and I'm like, come on, guys. And I, I like pumped the crowd up. It got me a little going. I just like, you know what? I got to I have to do something physical right now. So I threw a backflip. It got some blood flowing. It made me feel a little better. But man, I did not. I, I, I got to the end and I actually said to myself, I don't know how I finished that course. I don't know how I did that. By the grace of God, I made it through. And yeah. stage two was not I was not as fortunate. So um, next year, I'm going to know how to handle a lot better. Hopefully, Emily's going to be sleeping a little better, too. Um, and, you know, I- I'll be ready next well, year. You, you, you just described how athletes get through tough moments. I mean, you know, things don't always work out the way we want them to, and you still have to perform, and you don't get the opportunity. You, do, you don't have the choice to relax and lay back when you're, when you're doing it for yourself and you're a high-level competitor like you or – you know, if you're doing it with uh, with a team like uh, with Team USA, in either case, you're there to compete. You don't you don't lay down because you want to lay down. So uh, that's that's what tough competitors do. They just find a way. They find a way to put everything they have into it, no matter how they're feeling. And um, as far as the, the being fatigued with the baby goes, look at that's why you do it when you're your age. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's, that's why you you know you do it when you're young so that you can yeah. handle this because when you get older, it's a little tougher to do. Hey, Steph, Craig says we have to have like five more kids in the next few years. <laughs> That's what Irish Catholic do, man. That's what they do, man. <laughs> there were six boys in my family, so you can't, uh, you know, you can't, uh, can't get away from this with me. All right, let's move on here then for a second. There were two things you knew in childhood. You knew you loved the weather and you knew you loved playing sports. Okay, wait a minute. The sports thing makes sense. Explain to me how you know you love the weather and you want to be a meteorologist. At what age? I was – I think every meteorologist that's on air – Currently, I'd say maybe not every, maybe 95% of meteorologists, I would say, have some sort of childhood passion that was just, it just inundated them, you know, as a kid. It really, it was just a flood of loving the weather. And the only thing I could really just make sense of is every time there's a snowstorm, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I can't wait. I'm... I was checking NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. I was I was compiling all of these forecasts, you know, when I was a kid, and coming up with my own based on their forecast. That's how I did it, because I didn't know any other way to do it. So I'd be like, all right, NBC is saying a foot, uh, Fox is saying 15 inches, CBS is saying eight inches, and so I would take the the sum of all those, divide them up, you get the average, and I was like, all right, you know, let's, we'll go with the average. And more often than not. I was pretty accurate. I'd go to school and I'd tell the teachers, hey, I think we're going to see this. Trust me. 
And like, all right, yeah, I trust you. And over time, I kind of started to develop this notoriety where people were like, how do you, you know, this kid loves the weather. This is cool. I, I like this guy. Let's follow him. And so the, you know, the fans I have on Facebook, not as, um, not as many as my ninjas, you know, all my ninja fans out there, but I got about 3,000 people on my, my meteorologist page, which is pretty big considering I've kind of developed that side of me, that brand, I guess we could say, on my own. Just from that was most of those followers were before I was on NB, uh, before I was on NBC uh, as American Ninja Warrior before I was on News Twelve, um, so you know all that is just hard work, and so I think it all started just like I said as a kid fell in love with all the weather all the severe weather uh, thunderstorms I'd go out like we have this glass porch at my parents' house I'd go on the glass porch like during the thunderstorms my mom would be there she was she's just like me she loves the weather she's she always talked to me about the cumulus clouds and how those were her favorites because they always had those shapes. They have like, hey, it looks like a dog or hey, that, wow, that's really cool. It looks like this big mountain range. Like, wow. And she really got me into at least noticing it more. But I'm sure even without her pointing out some of those things, you know, you can't you can't hide your passion. You can't hide those things from yourself. You know, it would have came out eventually. Um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe that's a New England thing. I grew up in New England too, as you know, up in uh, up in the Northeast and in Boston. And I've always loved the weather too. Four seasons, and I think when you grow up in the four seasons, you really appreciate all of them. Some even appreciate the down season, the the, the mud season, and the um, you know between uh, between uh, fall and winter and winter and spring. Even though those. Uh, w- uh, between uh, winter and spring tends to be a little dirty because of uh, you know dirty snow and oh, tell me about k- it. yeah k- kicking <laughs> mud up off the ground. But still, it's it's so much fun to have weather: lightning, snow, blizzards, storms, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes. <laughs> even though those are very dangerous, <laughs> those are dangerous, destructive. Of course. Yeah. Well, I moved out to California, lived there for a while, and we had earthquakes. So uh, those were scary at first, but you know you learn to manage whatever it is. But they are scary: earthquakes, hurricanes, and tornadoes. They can do real damage. So yeah. all right, let's move on here. You have a cousin. Um, have who, a few. Uh, yeah, you have a few. That that do they all do they all uh, do American Ninja Warrior or just one? Well, my cousin Rob, he competed season seven. Uh, he didn't compete this past season, season eight. Shoulder injury, doing his own thing, getting into acting, modeling, whatever he's doing now. I think he's actually into real estate now, which is awesome. Good for him. You know, I couldn't. I don't think I'd be able to switch all over the place all the time, but. If it's working for him, great. I have an, uh, his cousin, actually, so not blood-related to him, but I feel like I am. Uh, his name's Zach, Zach Taylor. He was actually out in Philly with me this year. He competed on the show. He didn't get any airtime. He didn't get any promotional time, nothing. So nobody even knows he competed this year. And he made it pretty far. He made it to the, um, I don't know what they're calling it, but climb up the atomic holds. You're sitting on this balancing wall, and you have to jump the trampoline and go to the logs. He was. We had a practice obstacle, a practice obstacle off the course. And he was doing great. No issues. I told him, get down. I'm like, why are you practicing something you're so good at already? So I told him to get down. He gets out on the course, gets that obstacle. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have more confidence that he's on that obstacle than any other obstacle right now. He jumped down and the legs buckled. And he fell in the water. Oh, bummer. Couldn't believe it. Now, he had the rolling thunder still to go. And judging... You know, judging on how strong I am and how strong he is, but knowing that the differences are there and knowing how much I struggled on that obstacle I, and seeing all the other veterans go down on it, like Mike Bernardo, we had uh, all the women, Michelle Warnke, all these women fall on it in qualifiers, and they're strong. It doesn't matter, man or woman, those women are strong. 
I don't think he would have beat that obstacle. So, okay, he made it one obstacle further, and I would have loved to see him on it and at least give it everything he had. But just judging by how I felt and seeing how we've trained together, seeing how strong he was, I don't think he would have had it just yet. He would have been close. And maybe, who knows, anything could have happened. But unfortunately, this time, I was betting, I, I'm betting that he wouldn't have made it. I see. I see. Well, he, uh, like you, both of you have great stage names or, or working names, whatever, whatever you call them. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Rob, so, Rob yeah. the Adonis. There we are. <laughs> Rob the Adonis. Who gave him, who gave him, the, who gave him the Adonis name? He doesn't need a bigger head. We, <laughs> none of the Morovskis need a bigger head than they already have. All right. Well, it's good to have confidence. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. So this, I am, is, this is true. Uh, they, they gave it to him. I don't even know. The NBC kind of came up with it. Uh, it is funny. It certainly is. And he plays it up well. Uh, they came up to him and said, hey, we really like your, your personality. And, and you kind of have this bad boy feel to you. He's like, yeah, I can be bad. you know." And so they're like, you know what? We're going to kind of play it up like you're a bad boy. Is that all right? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And he can handle it. You know, he handles the heat well. He, he's got thick skin. He, he's wanted to be an actor his whole life. So you have to be able to take that, yeah. uh, that critis, you know, criticizing. A lot of that. rejection. A lot so, of rejection oh, yeah. in that field. Yeah. So you know what? When his episode aired, a lot of people were hating on him. They're like, this, this guy's a D-bag. Uh, this guy, I hope he falls. He's awful. He, why does he think he's so hot? Blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you get the it's literally hot and cold. It was like you hate him or you think he's so sexy. You love him. Uh, Rob Morofsky's the man. Matt Eisman, host of American Ninja Warrior, he was up here. He's like, I love Rob Morofsky. Oh, my gosh. He's my favorite. So it was, so it was awesome. So two things that um – well, one thing I find really, really interesting about you that I didn't know until, oh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm doing my research on you. I did know that you teach gymnastics, and um, but I didn't know that you parkour, parkour dude. Mm, yes. How, how did you, gymnastics, I can imagine how you got onto, if you want to touch on that, that'd be good. But, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's just sort of something that happens. But how did you get into parkour? Um, back in high school, I, I had had a trampoline my whole life, really, as long as I can remember. I was probably seven or eight. I don't know why my parents thought that was a good idea to have me have a trampoline, but hey, they knew they knew they knew uh, they had you know, to find a way to get that energy out of you. I guess, yeah. Right? And what better way than have me just yeah. bounce in the same spot all day? That's but right. Right. it worked, and I, you know what? I'm so happy they did, and I want to get my daughter one eventually, and all that good stuff. But so in high school, I knew how to do a backflip on a trampoline, but I, I had just this urge to want to do it on the ground. It was like uh, I wanted it so bad, but the problem was I just wasn't motivated to try. That was the problem. And my girlfriend at the time, uh, she went away to a conference in another state and she met a gymnast who actually I, I found out we had mutual friends uh, a few years ago and I actually reached out to him and I, I think I told him the story. Really funny. Um, and he was at this conference also and he was a really good gymnast still. I think he still is. I haven't really looked into him in a few years, but uh, he was in college uh, doing D1 gymnastics. And anyway, so at the time he was in high school and he was showing off at this conference doing tricks and she had posted it on her Facebook. And I saw that video and I, I saw the reaction of the people and how cool that was. And I was like, well, that's all I needed. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go outside. And that night, I think the next day, I went outside to the grass and I actually landed my first backflip. First day. Uh, it wasn't the best form, obviously, and it took a few weeks to get good form. I actually went to a gym like you should too. Got some coaching. Um, but because I knew the form, uh, for the most part, uh, on a trampoline, and I knew not to throw my head back, and I, I've seen, I had seen plenty of YouTube videos of people just eating it, 
So I knew I was a smart guy, and you, you know, I've seen this on the show. You've seen my adaptability. You've seen my awareness and all this stuff come to you know come to fruition, and uh, right in front of your eyes. So you can imagine how I was reasonably safe at throwing this backflip. So that's kind of how it happened. I was a jealous little high school boy that um, wanted to just be who I've always wanted to be, center of attention. I always, I just crave it. I always crave. Uh, people watching. I don't know why, but that's, you know, that's part of the reason why I went to meteorology. I, I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with being looked at. I'm okay with people watching me and even in my mistakes, I'm okay with it. So, so it sounds like you, you went from just bouncing around on a trampoline and, uh, and just moved, moved it from a, a location, you know, a, a trampoline onto the ground and all around and then trees and then parks and, and so on. Is that how it went? Yeah, you know what? It's like uh, my my music background here, which is another. No, uh, we're gonna thing. we're gonna. Well, I know I found out about that too. We're, we're gonna oh, we're gonna talk about it. Well, maybe we'll segue <laughs> into that right now. But something you might not know, right? All right. We were talking about the gymnastics, and I actually learned trumpet fourth grade. I started with a saxophone. Nobody knows this except close friends and family. Maybe even some family doesn't even know this, but started a saxophone. Uh, came to realize that I was impatient as a fourth grader, didn't want to learn like 70 keys, so I picked the one with three keys, or three uh, valves. It's a smart man. In this case. Yeah, but then you have to work with your amateur, which is the tightening the lips and then releasing all this stuff. And uh, so, yeah, like C and then D, E, F, G, you know, you go through it, but it, it turns to be the same fingering for different notes, and so right. I didn't really know this as a fourth grader, but I do now, of course. <sighs> and the cool thing is, once I learned the basics of reading music and applying it to piano, I was able to take piano to the next level on my own. And the reason I brought that up is because gymnastics, parkour, was this, the exact same way. The second I learned that backflip, it became the foundation to everything else. And uh, just like music, trumpet, you know, it became the, the foundation to the rest of my musical talents. Oh, very, very, very interesting analogy. Um, I like that. That's a great analogy. So let's hear a trumpet run. We've got uh, Joe, Dude, the weatherman. I haven't played this in so long. That's all right. That's okay. Let's hear a run. I'm going to quiet up here and let's hear you. Let's hear a run. Uh, man, I don't have any sheet music. I don't even know if I remember anything. Yeah, right. make something up. Doesn't even it's, have to be in key. We'll, we'll, we won't judge you by whether or not you're. It's got to be decent. Well, no, no. We won't listen. We won't even judge you if you're in key. We'll only judge you by the quality of the notes. Oh, good. That's, that's so much better. <laughs> so we think of them as individual sounds. All right, let's see if I can hear it better. Oh, I forgot how it goes. No, that was awesome. That was fantastic. <laughs> I, that was just great, man. Perfect. Oh, the dog perfect. likes it. Hey, what? perfect. Bentley? Hey, let me tell you something right now. The best of the musicians uh, slip up and make mistakes all day long. The whole art of being a professional musician, once you become a pro, is knowing how to cover up the mistakes because <laughs> that's, that's how it is. So, hey, that was yeah. really, really cool. Thanks for well, doing that. You know what? I, uh, I haven't played in years, and the funny thing is I've always loved it, but I never really – I didn't have time or the, the passion really to go to the next step. I, I love it, but it's just not as – much as other things. Yeah. And so no, yeah. I kind of I kind of half went into it in college. I tried out for the college band, and uh, I found soon after that I just you know I didn't have I didn't want it enough, and so I didn't make the, the band. And 
And at that point, I was like, well, I just it's time to focus on other things, things I really, really care about, not just the things that I enjoy doing. So, Look, to be a great um, musician takes just as much time as it does for you to be a great warrior. So, Oh, my gosh. It probably takes more time to be a it, it, It's an all-day thing. It's a full-time job to be his good at. His arms are sweaty. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous. But on